Welcome to Lawyers Living Well, a production of the State Bar of Georgia's Attorney Wellness Committee and the Lawyers Assistance Program. Lawyers, this is your resource for all things wellness. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Lawyers Living Well podcast. I'm Lynn Garson, Chair of the Lawyers Assistance Program of the State Bar of Georgia, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Judge Wendy Schub. Judge Schub retired as a Superior Court Judge in 2016 after a long and accomplished career, during which she also served as Chair of the Business Court and Chief Judge of the Family Division. Judge Shub currently is working as a senior judge, mostly in Fulton County, and as a mediator with JAMS. Judge Shub, you know this is true. I am thrilled to have you here, and I know our listeners are too. Well, I am thrilled to be here. It's always fun to talk to you, and it's been a while. Yes, it has. We go back. I think, I think, I think we go back to Sunday school carpool. We do. I was going to say when people talk about in the day, <laughs> uh, we really mean in the day. Yeah. What are we talking about? I just remember picking you up or taking you home, uh, and you had these massive dogs. And I, was, I was afraid to get out of the car, and I was afraid to visit you. I don't think I ever played at your house. Oh, well, I'll have to, you know, bear that in mind for my grandchildren. It's too late otherwise. Um, sorry about that from That's all those okay. years ago. Yeah. I think we would have been best buddies way back when, if, except for the dogs. But oh, now God. I have one dog, so I'm, a, I'm good with dogs now. All right. That's good. Well, I've got a lot of great questions for you, um, mostly informed or some informed by others since I don't have a court-based practice. And the first one is based on that. Uh, and I know everybody wants to hear the answer to this small question. What are your thoughts on the short and long-term impact of COVID on the courts and a court-oriented practice? Well, I think if people looked up uh, Justice Namia's um, uh, address uh, on the state of the judiciary recently, I think he compared it to the brave season during COVID when they canceled all the, those games and then they you know, took up where they left off and they're playing their, you know, would be playing their normal games. But for the courts, you know, we don't get to forget about those cases. And so they're just, they've just been piling up, you know, without jury trials to winnow them down. And, and even settling cases during COVID, I think was very hard. I have, have a mediation practice. And if you don't think you're about to go to court, a lot of cases aren't interested in settling. There has to be a motivation, I think, often. Not always, but the courts are slammed, clearly. And I think what they're going to do, they've got resources to bring in a lot of senior judges. Uh, they're hiring prosecutors. It doesn't help the civil practice. And honestly, think that they'll be spinning civil cases off to senior judges. You know, and, and one thing people should consider is that but if they can, if they can agree to do it by Zoom, uh, they'll get hurt a lot faster. And a senior judge can do it from home. Like I'm reluctant to go to the courthouse. I don't. I can go to the courthouse, but honestly, I'm not interested in wearing a mask all day. But I am happy to do it from home. And so I think there are a lot of people who uh, th they just could resolve their cases a lot sooner if they even ask 
for a senior judge um, because they're just going to they're going to be buried behind criminal cases for a long time. I can know given that description, I can imagine. Do you think that the landscape has changed forever in certain ways? Well, I think that, you know, we've discovered Zoom and these uh, capabilities of not making uh, lawyers run to the courthouse for everything. I, I always thought that it was a bad idea to have these big, big calendar calls. We, we tried to avoid that by just scheduling people for certain times. And but a lot of judges were still doing that. And particularly in criminal, it's really inefficient of a of a lawyer's time. And I think, you know, what we've discovered is that we don't have to make lawyers come to the courthouse for everything. And certainly hearings and motions, a lot of things are very efficient on Zoom and you don't have to go anywhere and you don't have to park and go through security. So I, I imagine that that will stay with us, particularly because it's going to take years to catch up anyway. Do you think there are a lot of laws and rules and, and procedures that are going to have to be formally changed to make that happen? Or is it just happening? I think it's happening. I mean, I think the area that is problematic is in the criminal area, you know, and they might have to change some rules for jury trials. You can't really have a jury trial on Zoom. You know, you can pick a jury, but you can't have a trial. I don't know how you would have a trial because I don't know how you'd keep up with your jurors and make sure people are paying attention. I mean, if I was on a jury on Zoom, I, I would be reading my phone, you know, like I, yeah, <laughs> I know like what it does. <laughs> I've sat through a million jury trials and I've served on a jury and I know what I would be doing. So I think ju jury trials are still going to have to be in person and a, a lot of criminal events have to be in person, but a lot of things don't. And, you know, very few cases actually wind up in, the, in a trial. You know, it's a small, fairly small percentage of the total. So it's, it's really getting cases to the point of trial and, and sort of threatening trial. That was always my experience. If you you know, if you give them a trial date and tell them this is the date, then most cases actually will settle. So, but right now the courts can't even pretend to have a trial date. Well, well, yeah, we've been in the soup for two years. So, you know, not surprising that there's, there's a lot uh, that's going to have to be adjusted ongoing. It's shifting gears a little bit. This is something that I've thought about, never had the opportunity to really ask anybody who's been in the court system and a judge this question. Have you ever faced an impaired attorney in your courtroom? And if you have, what did you do? And in such a case, what are your recommendations in the moment? Because, you know, in the moment is when you've got to react. And also as follow-up to other judges, the struggling attorney and opposing counsel. And I'm going to apologize after the fact for using the word impaired. I don't love it. It's shorthand. We sort of know what it means, but I apologize for using it. No, that's okay, because it covers a lot of different situations, and I've had a lot of different situations like that. Early in my career, I remember having a conference with two or three lawyers on each side around my conference table in my office, and one of the plaintiff's lawyers was clearly intoxicated. So I sent the other lawyers out, the other side out. It was uh, two lawyers from the same law firm, and, you know, I, and I just sat with the two of them, and I'm just like, we can't proceed. This is not going to, this is not going to work. And I don't know what you're going to do about it, but we're not going to have this today. And his partner called me a day or two later and told me that he'd gone into rehab or something. But I've had, I've had a lawyer in the 
courtroom who, who I knew really well, who, uh, you know, in a divorce case and he seemed like something was wrong. And I brought him into my office, said, what is going on with you? I, you know, this, and, you know, and he had a drinking problem. I had no idea. And I told him that I was going to report him to the state bar unless he got himself into a, a treatment program within a week, you know, that I would give him a week or two weeks or something. I think he did really well. And I sort of heard, I, I think I got a letter from him a few months later that, you know, it, it had really changed his life. So, you know, I think judges occupy this position where you can really have an impact. I mean, I, I remember a criminal defense lawyer, my staff report, somebody on my staff reported that he smelled like alcohol. You know, they, they had brought his client out to meet with him out of the holding cell and he smelled like alcohol. And so I said, well, bring, bring him back. And I could smell it as soon as he walked in. And, you know, I, I said, you, you can't be here like this. And the same thing, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you some time to address this and then I'm going to report you to the bar. And he kept pushing it back. I, I, I don't know whatever happened. You know, he, he really didn't want to deal with it. You know, so people, I, I remember a lawyer, I was picking a, I was about to pick a jury in a, in a very serious criminal case. And the lawyer was somebody who I, who I was friendly with and had dealt with. I think we had a motion and he was just missing stuff. He wasn't hearing, you know, there are a lot of different impairments. And, and so I just said, you know, you're, you're missing. I think you need a hearing aid. And he said, oh, no, I you know, my wife says I can't, but I, I'm fine and we can go forward. And I'm saying, you know, no, this is a serious criminal case. Your client's going to have a ground for an appeal if you can't hear and if you miss something. And I can't tell you, you just missed something. So we're not going to try this case. You're going to go get a hearing aid. You're going to let me know when you have a hearing aid. <laughs> and then we'll schedule your trial. And we did that. In fact, I ran into him recently at a bar conference and he was laughing about it. You know, it's been years, but I think his wife wanted him to get a hearing aid, but. You had more clout than she did. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I discussed it with my husband, but you know, I think if a judge told him, <laughs> it makes a difference, but I, I wasn't going to try his case. And so he, he had to. And I think, you know, I think a lot of judges miss, miss that opportunity to take care of something, you know, to just deal with something directly. Maybe, you know, they're afraid of making somebody mad, but honestly, you have no choice. You can't let a drunk lawyer represent a, a, a client in front of you. I mean, that's not going to work. It's, you know, they're going to be ineffective. So you have to address it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the way you addressed it and helped people is, you know, that's wonderful to hear. I can imagine that there are folks who just don't know what to do. And so they do nothing. I mean, that's sort of a, an issue with mental health and substance use. That's that world in general still at this point. One thing I want to say to, and I don't know if people really know this, you referred to telling a couple of people that if you didn't go to rehab, I'll send you to discipline. And that strikes terror in the hearts of, of everyone who hears it. And for a long, long time on the Lawyer Assistance Committee, we heard that people did not wanna use the Lawyer Assistance Program because they thought it was a direct line to discipline. You know, that we, discipline would send people to us, we would send people to discipline. That may have been the case a while back. That line of communication has been severed and there's no pipeline between the two. 
But what I will tell you is that discipline prefers to send people to us and let people try to get help rather than go through the disciplinary procedures. And that's another thing that people, I don't think they're aware of that. You know, mm -hmm. discipline wears really two hats. One is yes, it's discipline, but the other hat is they will do their level best to get somebody help, whether it's through the lawyer assistance program with the use your six sessions that everybody gets every calendar year, or if you call the LAP hotline, they can refer people to treatment facilities. They're highly uh, trained folks who answer the phone there. And it's a great resource. And I do want people to know that about discipline because it's just been this black and white situation, you know, discipline bad. And it's not the case. You know, they really do try to help. If, well, if I just think with my experience with addiction is that it is very hard for people to get past it. And honestly think they need to think that there's a big stick at the end. And so if I send them, I, I don't know that I've ever actually referred anybody to, this, to, to discipline, but I've used it as a stick. And then if, if they will get help through the state bar or wherever, that's way better. But I think people need to understand that if they don't do what they have to do, then you know, there's something worse down the road. Yeah, that's something we could talk about for hours, you know, hours and hours. But in fact, I'm going to ask you another question. And this is something I know is sort of near and dear to what you do, because I know that you take good care and are very conscious of, of health issues. So, you know, as we've alluded to a couple of times, the last two years have just taken their toll on everybody. I heard it discussed by somebody who really knows the brain chemistry of this, that we've been in fight or flight mode for two years. Our bodies are set up to do that very intermittently when the saber-toothed tiger is coming. And usually that's pretty quickly wrapped up. Either you get eaten or you get away and on to the next thing and your body calms down. Well, we've had two years of not calming down. So what have you done in, in light of that to take care of yourself during those ups and downs and ongoing stress, no matter what else was going on in your life, the ongoing stress of the last couple of years? And could you please talk about it from a mental, physical, and social well-being standpoint? Because those are all three the focus of the Lawyers Living Well webpage on the State Bar's website, which I hope people have looked at because it's got a wealth of information. It's really well put together. Well, um, I can tell you that my experience has been certainly easier than, than the lawyer's experience because I retired five years ago and I've been working part-time on Zoom, not not having to go to court, and for the for the most part, and so my experience has been easier. But you know, this has been really stressful for everybody. And when I retired, you know, I was told that my adrenals were shot because I had lived in a very stressful world. So you know, I believe I believe in holistic medicine, and I see a holistic doctor who gives me things and supplements to to heal adrenals and those kind of things. Because, you know, before I became a judge, I was a judge for 24 years. Before that, I, I was in a divorce practice for five years, which was extremely stressful. And before that, I spent eight years as a prosecutor, which was also extremely stressful. So my entire career actually was very stressful. And I, I, it, it honestly takes its toll. And the way I have 
always tried to deal with it. I, you know, I, I've actually honestly been more successful since I retired. And I think because a lot of the stress was reduced for me, I was able to focus more on healthy eating and, you know, not stress eating and that kind of thing. But, you know, I have really always relied on exercise to reduce my stress. So as long as I can remember when I was working full time, I would do 30 minutes of yoga and Pilates first thing before I went to work. And then at lunch, I would take a lunch break that was long enough to allow me to take a walk downtown in Atlanta. I would walk three or four miles literally every day and then come back sweaty, put on a robe and go back <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> and, and you can say that now. <laughs> I can say that now. Uh, actually, I would run into jurors, you know, in the hallway. <laughs> it was a little embarrassing, but it, you know, it, it was the only thing that allowed me to sit all day because sitting to me is awful and was one you know that expression sitting is the new smoking did you yeah yeah and but I could I can tell you towards the end of my you know time I just I could not sit and you know they tell you well stand you know well you stand on the bench and you're like (laughs) looming over the entire place and it's so conspicuous, you know, I like being inconspicuous up there. It, I couldn't do it. Some people do it, get, they get a standing desk. I, I, there was no way I could do that. And, you know, and what was interesting to me was that the walking really kept me sane and, and nobody else did it except, and judges can control the schedule. It's one of the best things about being a judge. I can tell you when the day is starting, when we take a break, when lunch starts, when it ends. Nobody ever complained about having an extra 15 minutes, you know. I, I, so <laughs> I, all, I I did that honestly, religiously. And if I didn't do it, I, I don't know how I would get through the day. Well, you're talking about what a lot of people are facing and they don't know how to get through the day. And after two years of this and being at home and you know, all variations of single parent, elderly parents you're taking care of, personal infirmities, work being, you know, snowed under by work, just on and on and on. People are having a tough time and they are looking for answers, which are very hard to give. You know, mine, which I've gotten pushed back on, but this is just mine, is instead of like you were able to take a long walk during lunch, do small things every hour. I mean, I set my timer because otherwise I'm not going to get up. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go, oh yeah, just one more, one more, one more. And I make myself get up. I make myself stand up. I make myself walk outside, literally make myself, because I think the biggest thing is discipline to do it. I think as lawyers, we are so driven in many cases that the discipline comes in, in stopping yourself from being that driven and saying, okay, you know, uh, I'm stopping and I'm doing something to take care of myself because we do tend to push the envelope. Well, I think, you know, that if you, you know, if you make yourself do it, you know, walk around the block, you know, just walking outside, some yoga breathing, some stretching, you know, you feel so much better and the feeling better, easier to deal with. I mean, you know, I could tell, they did a study about judges who were ruling on cases. And as it got closer to the lunch hour, you know, their, their decision-making got sort of angrier. Sentences were longer before lunch than, you know, than after lunch. I mean, it, 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 people 
people start, you start getting short tempered. I mean, a lot of times I would just say, okay, we're, we're going to break because I could tell I was just getting short tempered. And so, you know, I felt like I actually had an obligation because I wanted to be nice to people. And how are you, how, how do you maintain patience, you know, sitting on the bench all the time? I remember going to a funeral of a judge years, years and years ago. And um, I remember her prosecutor saying, who loved her and gave an eulogy at the funeral and said that, that you knew uh, before you went into the courtroom, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning, you better go to the bathroom because she wasn't going to get up and she wasn't going to let you leave. And she didn't, she never came off the bench. Well, she was dead at 50. So, so, wow. so that wasn't a good plan. Like she put in a lot of hours, but it made no sense. And it wasn't considerate of the lawyers either. I mean, people have to go to the bathroom. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and that's fascinating, that study you're talking about. That never even occurred to me. I sort of assumed that any, and this is me, totally naive, knowing nothing about it, that judges gravitated to that and did that because they had patience. And so they sat up there all day and, you know, like Solomon and, and they were just fine. But, you know, this is a window into that world for me that I didn't know. I, I mean, uh, I don't think judges have any more patience than the average person. I don't think they even think about it when they apply to be a judge or run for office. I certainly didn't. I am not a patient person. I honestly am not a patient person. Um, I think I'm a nice person. And I think that, that I practiced law long enough to know how I didn't like being treated and how I would want to be treated. And it appeared before so many judges, so many places, some, some great, some not nice, you know, that, you know, but I can tell about myself when I'm getting, you know, irritable. And, you know, it's just good to take a break, do some breathing, stretching, get your head down, you know. Yeah, a hundred. I mean, I agree. Those are the things that I do. I mean, everybody, or at least some people roll their eyes when you talk about breathing. It works, you know. Am I like, do, do I want to do all that? No, I'd rather sit there and eat candy bars. But it doesn't work, you know, and the breathing actually does work to calm me down and bring my blood pressure down and slow me down. And, um, you know, so it, it's all interesting. This, this is just fascinating to me. Um, you know, I think we're probably going way over. So I'm just going to ask you if you have any final thoughts that you want to share with folks. Well, I mean, I would just say even, you know, you said eating candy. I mean, I, you know, I kind of came a lot, came up eating candy and I think I was addicted to sugar. And, and what you start to realize is that that just makes you more frantic. And, you know, when you start, I think you get over a certain age and you're just thinking, you know, I just want to feel well. I want to, you know, I want to peak, I want to be at peak performance for me. And uh, I want to feel good. And I want to move into, you know, the next phase of my life you know, feeling as good as I can. And so, you know, you have to think about what you're eating and you can't just keep doing the same old thing. I mean, you really have to, 
I think you have to work at it because honestly, I want to feel good. I want my brain to work, you know, and everything you put in your stomach is affecting your brain. It's all, you know, it, it all works on your brain. So I, both my parents had dementia. So, you know, I worry about that. I can understand that. I'm relying on Wordle. If, do you I do love Wordle. Wordle. Yeah, I'm relying on Wordle. I'm hoping that, that that's all I have to do and my brain will be okay. Somehow I think that's probably not the case, but you know, I'm hoping for that. You know, there's one thing, and this is a segue, you know, to nothing that we've talked about really, but I don't want to forget to mention in all of this, we've talked about the lawyer assistance program, we've talked about the lawyers living well webpage. But we haven't talked about what's called Lawyers Helping Lawyers. It's a peer program. Georgia's got the only one in the country and has had for several years that's online. So it's a virtual matching system that people can go on. I think it's georgialhl.org. And in this moment with people just needing connection, I just wanted to mention that because I think it's a good way to meet somebody. I mean, the highest and best use that we were hoping for is somebody finds someone who's walked their walk. Like you said, if somebody's having issues with alcohol, they find someone who's in recovery and, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, you never know. And sometimes it's helpful to talk to just another lawyer. Nobody gets what we do, but another lawyer. Right. It's, it's a really hard job. And I think you need friends. I mean, I think everybody needs friends. They're so important to you and for support and to listen to you and to help you find your next job and entertain you at, you know, and, and you need to make time for, for to develop friends in any way you can do that. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for your time. I hope you and your family continue to stay safe and well. I know that you've practiced all the holistic things we've talked about. That stands you in good stead. I hope the same for all of our listeners and that you'll join us again for another episode of Lawyers Living Well. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Lynn Garson, Chair of the Lawyer Assistance Program. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lawyers Living Well. If you need immediate confidential help, call the LAP hotline at 1-800-327-9631. That's 1-800-327-9631. You can also visit lawyerslivingwell.org for more wellness resources through the State Bar of Georgia. That's lawyerslivingwell.org. We hope you can join us next time.